the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. Contending for our faith literally means to fight for it. Today's world continually reminds us that essential component of faith. As we stand firm, we should not be surprised or shocked by what we see and hear because Almighty God said these things would be. God is our salvation, our Savior, our all in all. We have everything we need when we look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. Have your Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I did not call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I once was lost, but now I see. I was a sinner, and you, and you, and you can't get saved until you come to grips with yourself and realize that, that you were born a sinner. A sinner. And until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see yourself in need of a savior. If you're going to be released from anything, if you if you got an alcoholic or alcohol problem, you got to view yourself as an alcoholic or whatever your issue is. Uh, you got you have to recognize you're that before you can cry for help. Jesus loves sinners. He loves sinners so much that Romans 5a says, but God committed his love toward us. And the word commended means demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were yet what? Yet what? Say it a little bit louder. Yet what? Christ died for us. In other words, while we were yet far from God, estranged from God, wretched and depraved, Jesus Christ, in spite of our sins, came and saved us in spite of ourselves. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Paul says to young Timothy, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, by the way, of whom I am chief. Now, some of y'all don't want to admit it, but you were some big sinners when you were sinners out there. Amen. That just shows you how good grace is. How many remember how bad off you used to be? Do you remember that old life, that pre-salvific, that pre-salvation life? You subject to say anything, slap anybody, go anywhere, do anything. But God got a hold of you in the fullness of time. And now the places you go, you don't go no more. Things you used to say, you don't say no more. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. All things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things have become what? New. New. Paul said, you want to talk about a sinner? Look at me. I was the chief of them. Couldn't nobody beat me sinning. Couldn't nobody. And some of y'all act like y'all been saved all your life. Folk need to know that you haven't always been there. They need to hear your testimony. John 3.16, Jesus loved sinner so, sinner so much until he said in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish 
but have everlasting life. To send his only son into the world. Give up, to, he gave up his life. So for sinners, let me give you an A, B, C, and D under this sinner business so that you can have a love for sinners. A, a self-righteous spirit will cause you to miss evangelistic opportunities. A self-righteous, a too high of a view of yourself. You, you so holy now and you so saving uppity. You know, you, you so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good. And, and they'd be like, oh, look at her. Why she done that? That dress too short. Look, she knows she's showing too much. Look what he's doing. Oh, did you see what sister so-and-so child did? And by, you and everybody else's tea. <laughs> and you begin, and so, you're so busy judging folk until you can't reach folk. If folk are messed up, that's why God saved you to be an agent of reconciliation, getting folk from out of themselves to God. You, you, got, you, you got to see folk like Jesus see them. A self-righteous spirit will cause you to miss evangelistic opportunity. God has put those persons in your life for you to reach them for Jesus. B, you lose your effectiveness and fruitfulness only surrounding yourself with your seclusive, holy clique of those who think and act just like you. And that's a stench in the nostrils of God. God doesn't want you to surround yourself with folk who act like you, think like you, dress like you. God don't want a cookie cutter like you. He does not want that. And uh, you lose your effectiveness when it's us four, shut the door, and no more. God wants you, he wants you to, to expand your circle of friends. He wants you to reach out to the helpless and the hopeless and the down and outers. Your circle of friends, all of that, it should be diversified. It ought not be the elitists or the down and outers altogether. We ought to be integrated. The ground is level at the cross. Matters not what your position is. Matters not what you do in your career. When you come in here, you are a servant. You are a doulos in the Greek. It is, you are a bond servant. It's not about titles and degrees and who you are and where you've been and where you're from. In here, when you come in here, you realize you are, like everybody else, you are a child like of the Most High King, and we ought not treat you any different because of a name. See. With the help of Christ, it is possible to be a friend of sinners without adapting their lifestyle. Now, just being their friends don't mean you have to take on their, their behavior. You're in their lives to reach them for Christ, and hopefully you reach them and they don't reach you. Amen. Won't you say amen? amen. Uh, adapting to their lifestyles. And well, I, I got to, you know, Paul said, be all things to all people. So I'm down here wallering with them. Wait a minute now. Don't take that that far. Amen. I'm in the strip club because I'm trying to be friend of sinners. No, you're not. You, you're, you're not trying to be a friend of sinners. You're enjoying yourself in there. What you do, you wait out in the park. You wait on the street. Wait till they come out. Get them while they're going in. You ought not be at a club when I'm trying to reach them and you dancing and slow dragging all over the place. You're trying to reach tennis. Oh, yeah, you're trying to reach them all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. You're trying to, oh, I'm just in here. I'm trying, I'm on an evangelistic mission. 
You lose your effectiveness and fruitfulness only surrounding yourself with a holy clique. And with the help of Christ, it is possible to be a friend of sinners without adapting their lifestyle. Your lifestyle and your way and the Christ in you ought to challenge them to a higher standard of living. D, when you view yourself as a missionary, you'll be able to reach more souls for Christ. When you, where are the sinners in your life? When you view, you need to view yourself as a missionary. The root, for, the root word of missionary is what? Is what? Mission. And we all are on a what? Mission for whom? Christ. And every one of you, including me, we are on a mission. Now, when you, when you have to have the person come to your, cut your grass got to be saved. The plumber come to your house got to be saved. Uh, the person who reads your meter got to be saved. Uh, the, the, the person who do, does your roof got to be saved. Everybody, you want the holy, roly uh, uh, book so you can get everybody saved coming into your house. Now, something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. I tell you what, that unsaved doctor may be more skilled than the saved doctor. What about that? That helps if they're saved, but God can use an unsaved doctor if you're praying. Why don't y'all say amen? (laughs) Amen. Who would you rather have? That one that knows how to call on the name but don't have many skills? But that one that holds all the skills but don't know the name of Christ that you can pray on for the guidance of the hand because they got the skills. Which one one would you have? (laughs) The unsaved pilot? That, uh, that knows how to fly or the saved pilot who just got his license. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Let some lost folk do some business with you. We have lost folk here doing things on coming in here, coming in here. Oh, I just had such a good time with those kids being all around. and They had a big auditorium full of kids the last day and honoring us with all this stuff. And I look at Miss Uncle and I say, can I pray? I know she wasn't going to tell me I couldn't pray in the church house. <laughs> she let me pray. And oh, the Lord let me pray. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And the, one of the staff members said, that's the best prayer. I'm so tired of these meditational thoughts. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I haven't heard Jesus in the classroom in so long. That's, that's why God brought him here. They brought them here. The atmosphere impacted them. They knew they were in a different place. What a staff person said, it, it takes a lot of guts for you to open your building up and let 700 middle school students in, not fearing the fact that they could possibly tear up something. That's big hearted. Not many places or organizations would do such. But that's what it's all about. That's what viewing ourselves as a missionary. You can't be afraid. This building is not an aisle. It's not. A, it, it was built to be used to, in, to, to impact people for the glory of God. And all those kids and teachers weren't saved. But you know what? That experience could touch some heart for Jesus Christ long after that has passed. The scripture says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. 
Jews speaks a word of words of blessings upon believers to whom this letter is written by saying, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. In other words, may the, may the Lord's mercy, peace, and love be increased, extended, and added to you. A word of blessing is a tremendous source of encouragement to those who love the Lord and serve him faithfully. Beloved, a failure to speak a word of blessing upon others is a sin of omission. There are folk all around us who are in dire need of a word of comfort right around you right now, right next to you, behind you, in front of you. Someone in this room needs a word of hope. Someone in this room needs relief, encouragement, and spiritual refreshments. It should start with your family. You ought to be able to refresh your family, and then it spreads abroad, for it is really soothing to be ambushed by spiritual refreshment when you're not anticipating it. When is the last time you refreshed someone? You just loved on them, encouraged them. You spoke words of blessings upon them, words of hope, words of wisdom. Why do we need spiritual refreshment? Number one, we need spiritual refreshment, all of us. Even a dog wants to be petted sometimes. Why do we need spiritual refreshment? Number one, it stirs up motivation for those who are in a spiritual rut. There are people who are in a spiritual rut, and, and, and they need to be pulled out of that rut. And you know, hey, with the help of God, you can make it. I'm going to walk you through this. God has a place for you. God has a plan for you. Your life is special and unique. And you start impregnating those who are in a spiritual rut with so much hope and inspiration till they are motivated to get out of the rut. Number two, why do we need spiritual refreshment? It encourages those who are in, a midst, in the midst of trials, hardships, hard times, difficulties, uh, to let them know, to go, uh, come alongside and let them know it's going to be all right. I've been right where you are. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. God's not through with you, and he's got, he, he didn't bring you this far to leave you, and you begin to just speak on them words of encouragement in the midst of trials. Number three, spiritual refreshment lifts depression. There's somebody under my voice right now. You're down. You, 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 you have the blues. You, you, you're depressed, and you need a word of spiritual refreshment because of depression. And because of your state of mind right now. And fourthly, it renews our hope. So many are living on the edge and about to give up. You don't even realize even Christians who are the Christians who are suicidal. I'm not talking about the world, those that don't know Christ. I'm talking about those who know Jesus. You say, well, how can a Christian commit suicide? All he has to do is get his eyes off Jesus, focus on his circumstances, be detached from the word, receive no spiritual refreshment, uh, isolate his or herself, and, be, and, and allow their trials to be all-consuming, all-overwhelming. Even though they know Jesus, it is highly possible that they can take themselves out of this world simply because they don't believe no one cares. And how many folk could have been saved if we just not take folk for granted? Yeah, yeah. Yes, you look good. 
and smell good, beautiful clothes. But I like that old Negro spiritual which says, nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows but Jesus. And you may see that smile on some person's face and how well they look and what position they have and who's who and all those things, but you really don't know what's going on in the heart. And then when all is said and done, I never would have thought brother so-and-so would have done that. How could she do that? A Sunday school teacher. I, I, I thought they had it all together. And that's why you don't refresh folk because you think they got it all together. But the fact is, none of us in this room have it all together. Why don't we get real? We all have issues. We all have shortcomings. We all have weaknesses. And there are troubled times. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. As I have overcome, you too shall overcome. Even those who are uh, fleeing the path of that hurricane and are now dislocated, not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. You look beyond to Jesus and realize the same God that brought you this far is going to see your own. See your own. It's so easy, beloved, to put down, to talk down, to gossip. It is so easy to criticize and be sarcastic. When you are an encourager, you bring tremendous value to, the, to your family personally and to the family of God at large. Those cards we read, it was so many of them, I couldn't read them all. I couldn't read. I had a team of persons around there trying to read. I couldn't get. So we just said, just got them all. We, we, I bet you we read about 100 cards, and I still couldn't get through them all. I said, let's just cut them over the table and let the whole church be encouraged. You know, that, 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 that's the idea that came out, so that you can read and hear encouragement from children. God can use a child to do what an adult can't do. A little child can encourage you. God can speak to a child. And he did on those letters out there. We were refreshed by those letters. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13 says, Therefore we have been comforted in your comfort. Isn't that something? We have been comforted in your comfort. <laughs> and we rejoice exceedingly more for the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by all. 2 Timothy 1.16 says, For the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he has often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Philemon's 20 says, Yes, brother, let me have joy, joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. It's all over the Bible. Proverbs 11.25, I just love this one from the NIV, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. That's awesome. He who what? Refreshes others will himself be what? In other words, don't expect to reap what you have not sown. 
you, you don't plant one row of collard greens expecting 10 rows in return. You want 10 rows of collard greens, you got to what? You got to plant 10 rows or you're cuckoo. <laughs> you know what? The, the best way to re, for you to be refreshed is start refreshing others. Refreshing others takes your mind off of your problems. You talking about your foot hurt and then somebody else come up, Sister Grace will come up and say, honey, I'm, I'm there singing in the choir and on a cane and I don't even have all my toes. At least you got your toes. You talking about your leg hurt and leg aching? Somebody don't have a leg to ache. Huh? Huh? You talking about I got a headache? Somebody's out of their mind. You understand what I'm saying? And when you get to refreshing others, and all of a sudden you, you, you call, and you know what happens when you start refreshing and you start ministering to folk? You get ambushed with refreshment. You ever tried to bless somebody and got blessed? You ever tried to encourage somebody and you got encouraged? And all of a sudden you just felt heavenly. Wow, look what happened. It's all because you gave of yourself and then God calls you to reap what you have sown. And the greatest example of love, the greatest example of peace and mercy can be seen on the cross. You want to know what mercy is? Look at Jesus. If you want to know the epitome of peace, look at Jesus. He hung on on that cross so that we could have some peace. Peace, peace. I still have peace because I got peace that the world can't take because Christ gave it to me because of the cross. I have love because of the love of Jesus on that cross. He loved me to death. And he died and he was buried, but early. You know, when you want to do something, you got to get up. Jesus got a head start on this business. You know, he didn't hit a snooze button. But early Sunday morning, Jesus, my shepherd, my anchor, my hope, my joy, my king got up out the grave with all power in his hand. The mercy he has extended unto you, the peace and love he has extended unto you. He says, because it's been given to you, now you so go and do likewise in the spirit of Christ. And all God's children said, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your blessings, your mercy, peace, and love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you woke us up this morning with an opportunity to refresh someone. Someone under my voice needs comforting. And I pray this message was a source of refreshment and encouragement and inspiration and comfort for those who are going through trials and circumstances beyond their control. You orchestrated their being here because you wanted them to hear a word for today. And you know just what you're doing. You don't make mistakes because you're perfect. And Father, there's somebody here, they don't have peace. Oh, they got alcohol in the house cigarettes, some on crack, others perhaps trying to find it through pornography, others women, others money, other, others career, others try to find peace within themselves. 
Look within yourself. Father, you said, in me is no good thing. That's why we need Jesus. And I pray that the hearts of your people, young, middle-aged, and seniors, be so convicted that they say, I will not stay in that seat. I'm going to get some mercy today, some peace and love like only Jesus can give. And Father is free because you paid the price. We love you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. If you had to pay for mercy, how much would it cost? How much, if if you could put a price tag on mercy? If you could, you know, and you know what? If man could sell it, he would. If you had to put a price tag on peace, what would that cost? You can have a big house and dominion and still not have peace. If you had to put a price tag on love, how much would it cost? And listen, it's free to you because Jesus paid the price in full. And it's a gift to you, but you know what? You have to receive the gift. If I give you a gift and you don't receive it, then that's that's an affront to me. And that hurts me because I tried to give you something you would not take. And what God wants to do now, he wants to give you mercy, peace, and love. But you know what? You got to come up here and get it. It's available. It's paid for. And all you have to do is surrender your life and make Jesus king of your life. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Satan will give you every reason to sit in that seat and miss your blessing when tonight you could be dead. You can get on 1604 and be dead. FM 78, I-10. I-35, 410, and go to glory before you get home. And a whole lot of folk have gone to hell with good intentions. They meant to get it right next time. But the fact of the matter is, next time did not come. And they ended up in eternal hell. But why go to hell when there's a heaven and there's a Jesus who loves you so much, he is preparing a place for you, but you got to come receive him now. Contending for our faith is worth the fight against Satan's tricks of his trade. He won't stop trying to circumvent our faith. Therefore, we must keep God first in all we do to resist him. We must be steadfast in exercising our authority in the name of Jesus to thwart Satan's efforts. We will be the recipients of God's perfect plan for each of us if we contend for the faith, or we will suffer the dire consequences. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.